Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Jobbers Podcast. We're going to be going through Clash of Champions and Raw. Both, in my opinion, were lackluster at, at best. Um, here with Mike. What like, What is your attitude right now, just sitting through three hours of Raw that literally nothing happened? Uh, lackluster, lackluster at best and awful at worst. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I'm you know pretty glass half full type of person. Uh, so I'll find a few positives in there. I'll find um, that the WWE finally started using like the promo videos for the cruiserweight guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nia Jax didn't wrestle <laughs> yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'll find a little things, but uh, it's it's definitely disappointing. Few and far between. Uh, you know, let's go to uh, Clash of Champions first. Um, overall, I thought the most of the matches were good. Just the endings were terrible. What was your overall impression of it? Yeah, you know, um, there were some good matches in there. Like you said, uh, the endings were bad, and I I I just think that. Until we develop characters, we're going to kind of have matches like that, yeah. you know, um, that we're not the matches because of the, the brand split. The matches aren't going to feel as big because they're doing twice as many matches on a pay-per-view a month while trying to maintain the same amount of matches. Right. My big thing is like you're, you know, they're letting Raw especially is letting the matches uh, kind of weigh the most on, on their their character instead of the outside like the storytelling and we've talked about this quite a bit but what that does for you is you know these matches are just that it's just a match between one guy to the other there's usually no friction between the two if there is it's it's only built up for a couple weeks and then they change to something else so you know you don't really have any of those rivalries anymore um and that's that's really hurting them i think that's you know they're like the best example the new example is the Cesaro Sheamus thing. You know, you have this best of seven thing. There's no story that goes along with this, with all of those matches. It's just, they're out there having another match, you know, like there's, there's nothing in between hardly at all, like to build that up at all. It's just, they're, they're out there. And now, you know, clash of champions, we got a no contest and now they're thrown together in a tag team. Like, how do you, like, where, where's the progression to that? Like, how did you get there? You know, it's just Mick Foley go, went out there tonight on Raw and had a promo, and that's the end of it. You know, like, the, I just don't understand, uh, I guess, their logic or how, they, how they're booking these things. And maybe they're just, they're not putting in the effort is really what it seems like. You know, it's just, it takes too much thought or, you know, maybe there's so many people that are decision makers that a lot of the good ideas get shot down before they get to, you know, Vince or whatever, but... Um, I don't know. It just seems like SmackDown is going to take over, um, you know, the the premier show that people are going to watch. You know, not only because of the two hour format, but they're they're doing what WWE was good at years ago, and that's telling good stories and having, you know, they don't have the best roster. I mean, I think Raw has the best roster as far as talent goes, but they're making the most of the people they have. You know, so. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I think uh, that Mick Foley is the best part of that show yeah. right now. Um, you know, he goes out there, and whether you believe him or not, he kills each segment. Yeah, for sure. He, you know, like when, um, man, he was so believable as Stephanie's whooping boy, mm-hmm. while at the same time he was so believable 
and giving that sort of motivational speech between Seamus and Cesaro. Like honestly, one that's he's honestly one of the reasons I still am enjoying moments of the show is because he's carrying such great segments. Right, and the the problem with that though, like Mick Foley's a legend, and you know he's he's killing it in this new role. But the downside of that is when they announced this brand split, that they weren't supposed to have a high profile, you know, on the show. It was supposed to be all about the wrestlers, all about you know the story and all that kind of stuff. And they said that when the brand split happened, as you know. Stephanie and and uh, you know Tri- or uh, Mick Foley were going to take a back seat, and it was going to be all about the the matches and every beginning segment almost, and then they're you know they're in more of the show. You know, it's basically more of the same. So I think that he's definitely a a breath of fresh air, but he can't he yeah. can't carry the show. You know, <laughs> like yeah. But do you honestly? like expect stephanie to stay oh, no, on screen no way you know uh and she got her punches in tonight you know just like normal she had to have somebody to put down you know and it's just more of the same you know it, it's just getting really old and uh you know i hope that at some point you know when they start their ratings start going even even more down i hope that they take a couple pages out of smackdown's book and start going back to those storylines because you know, I, I think that it, it definitely could help, and, and they're definitely losing viewers because the programming is just so terrible, and there's other things that are more interesting on, you know? so Yeah, hell, just hell just use Triple H, you know? Yeah. I mean, the guy, I mean, after Mick, like, feud between him and Mick would make the show much more interesting. Yep. You know, I mean, right now I'm just, like, I'm dying for a few good segments. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we'll get to why we like in detail why we think Ra is so bad after we talk about class champions but but um but yeah like they just really need a breath of fresh air and uh Finn Balor was that for a month until he got hurt um I thought Kevin Owens was going to be that but they seem to kind of like he's not the same Kevin Owens to me no. and uh and that's unfortunate but um but let's talk about let's talk about Clash of Champions, and then we'll get into that. Yeah, sure. So the the first match was um, the decimation of Alicia mm-hmm. Fox and Nia Jax. I think everyone saw that coming. Yeah, not much to say there. I mean, it was five minutes, I think, and uh, you know, basically what we all pretty much thought. You know, Nia Jax is going to continue to dominate until she gets to the top, and she's going to win the belt. And you know, uh, and it's kind of cool that she's going to be undefeated for a while, but still, it's just a boring character. Um, and she can't work with, uh, with people the way that, you know, the other ladies can just because of her size and the limitations that that brings and stuff, which can add a dynamic, but at the same time, it just is really boring after you see it so many times, you know? So that's kind of where I am with her. Uh, so not much else to say there. Hey, how, how, how awesome is it going to be when we actually have a moment like a Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant, when somebody actually body slams Nia Jax? <laughs> Yeah. Like, do you think Dana Brooke is strong enough? I know she was a professional bodybuilder. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Charlotte may even be able to do, you know, may be able to do it as well. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it, that would be a cool moment, you know, a WrestleMania kind of thing or something. But that's assuming that they're going to push Nia Jax that, that hard, you know, to be at WrestleMania, which I wouldn't doubt. So, um, you know, the, the first one on the main card was New Day versus uh, the club pretty good match the the ending was super disappointing for me so what were your overall thoughts of that one 
Man, I'm so impressed with Gallows and Anderson. Mm -hmm. Like, they are so good in ring. They have such a chemistry and cohesiveness, and, like, they can tell a story in ring better, I think, than any tag team in WWE at the moment. I think a big part of that is because they've been a tag team for so long, while, like, all the other tag teams are just kind of scrambles to put people together to, like, make make a team, New Day included. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, I... My, my biggest thing here is like you have Gallows and Anderson are continuing to kind of go after the championships over and over and over again. They're never going to get over the hump. Um, and you have New Day who are supposed to be the face team using three people and the trombone, you know. So like the odds are stacked against the club, but New Day are the baby faces in this scenario, you know, like it. I don't know. It, it just uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And, you know, they, they brought up tonight that Demolition was the longest reigning tag team. And recent WWE tells us that they want these new people to be kind of the, uh, you know, if nothing else is going on uh, to make it important, they want all the new talent to be like the record holders. Or like, it's just to me, that's kind of what it seems like. So. I fully expect New Day's going to keep it for another 70 days or however long, you know, they need to. And then they'll lose it, you know, right after that point. Like, if there's a pay-per-view that falls on that day, they'll win. And then on Raw, they'll lose it or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the biggest thing with WWE right now is they're so predictable, too. You know, like, they just don't give us anything to look forward to. Um, you know, the Triple H thing was, like, one of the biggest things that was talked about. Like, I, I can't wait to see what happens next week. And then... We haven't seen them since, so that's just kind of what they do. But um, we saw TJ Perkins for the first time on WWE, uh, Clash of Champions, against Brian Kendrick. What did you think of that? Brian Kendrick needs to join the Wyatt family. (laughs) For sure. That guy guy needs to grow his beard out, and he needs to become Bray Wyatt's Spike Dudley. Yeah, for sure. Like, I just keep mentioning that because, man, he looks like he could be like a Spike Dudley out there. He's just got that awkward, goofy look. Yeah. He's already got the long, greasy mm-hmm. hair. You know, put Harper back in there and make this, you know, this little midget. <laughs> uh, make him the Spike Dudley of the group. Do, let, make him do the weird stuff. Yeah, for sure. And he is a weird guy, you know, like just in person. I, th- I think he's kind of strange. So, you know, uh, it definitely would fit his character and it would give him a, you know, that regeneration of his career that he wants, you know, because uh, he kind of, the Cruiserweight Classic kind of brought him out of, uh, you know, retirement, kind of, or he was probably doing some indie stuff. But as far as WWE goes, his career was pretty much done, you know, so it definitely uh, revitalized his career. So why not do something kind of cool with, with him, you know? Um, but I think TJ Perkins is uh, is going to be good, you know, as far as the championship goes. Um, but... You know, I, I just hope that they, again, I hope they stop doing, you know, a replacement for the jobber matches, um, you know, on Raw and stuff. I hope that they they don't make these guys just kind of like the filler matches, you know. So, I hope. Yeah, you know what? You know what worries me about the Cruiserweight division to an extent is, so Brian Kendrick is clearly the heel at the for, moment, yeah. but uh, it's kind of hard to believe that somebody's a heel when they weigh less than 200 pounds yeah. <laughs> um and brian kendrick's doing a pretty good job so mm-hmm. far but um but you can only be believable in that in like that area if you are strictly confined to the cruiserweights yeah. 
but if you never going to exceed beyond that, like it's not believable. Right. And, you know, they said that, uh, you know, the cruiserweights are now going to be part of Raw and, and all that kind of stuff, but they still have, you know, as soon as they come out, they've got the purple lighting. They have like the cruiserweight classic set and all that kind of stuff. Like if they're part of Raw, they're part of Raw. You know what I mean? Like they're part of the, the full roster. Don't separate them out. It's just like the, you know, it'd be like when the women wrestle, they have like pink lighting and, you know, like it, 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 it doesn't include them in the entire show, you know, like make them part of Raw they're part of the main roster, have them in storylines with the other people. Um, it just doesn't make sense that they're still kind of like separating them out, even though it's kind of a new thing. They need to get away from the cruiserweight classic thing and, and let these guys, you know, come up with their own identity on the main roster. Yeah. So um, the next one we had was Cesaro Sheamus, which we kind of already touched on. Um, the match was okay. I mean, it was basically what we've seen on raw, you know, for the past six times, this was the seventh one. You know, I thought that, uh, I thought Cesaro was hurt for sure, landing on his head. <laughs> so that was man, that, yeah, was, that bad. was nasty. Um, my biggest gripe in this one is, you know, they're doing all this stuff, uh, you know, kind of like pulling out all the stops, all that kind of thing, and then it ends because of a clothesline over the barricade. Like, do something bigger than that if, if they're not going to be able to get up. You know, have like a, a big spot that you know, even like a tape, like going through a table or doing something, you know. Um, I just thought it was kind of weak that, you know, they ended it the way that that did. But overall, I thought the match was, you know, a little bit better than some of the ones we've seen on Raw. But it really just kind of wore, wore on me. You know, uh, what did you think of that one? Um, besides the ending, which I was upset about, because right now Raw's pay-per-views are just filled with uh, not ending right. things. Uh, I mean, looking at last month's pay-per-view at SummerSlam, it was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. So, like, I don't want to see this as a continual precedence. Yeah of WWE. Uh, however, you know, up until that point, I actually felt like it was the best match on the mm -hmm. card. Um, and you know, like I, I give all the credit to Cesaro for that. Like Cesaro is like a LeBron James in ring for WWE. And if they're going to continue to tell storylines in ring and not with like mics or promos or backstage segments or managers, they need to push this guy through the roof. Yeah. And then the bad thing um, is, like, he was starting to work on his promo work, and then they just stopped letting him do that, you know? Yeah. So it, it's like they, they cut the legs off of anything that seems like it's picking up speed if it's not what they want to do, you know? Like, instead of rolling with some of that stuff, like Cesaro there for a while was really kind of going with what Miz is doing now. Like, you know, showing his disgust with the general manager and the decisions that they're making and all that kind of stuff. And then they just cut that, you know cut that away and now it's just go out there and have a match you know like they they stopped letting him talk so i you know i don't know man it's just it seems like they take the best stuff and just don't run with it and that's that's what's killing it right now so um you know the next one chris jericho Sami Zayn. it's it's strange because this seemed like it was just like a one-time deal to me uh but the match was was okay um you know i thought the ending was was decent you know chris jericho picking up the win I didn't see that coming. I thought that Sami Zayn would go over, but uh, uh, what were your overall thoughts of that one? I was expecting more, so I was a bit let yeah. down. You know, I think both these guys uh, are exceptional in ring, and um, and honestly, like uh, if you look at the match times of like the significant matches, I'm talking about like on um, the last five, mm -hmm. it was the shortest yeah. one. 
And uh, these are guys where you could put them out there for 25 minutes and they're going to kill it. You know, instead of using like awkward things uh, and awkward segments and transitions, like you should give people who can put on good matches good times because that's how you get those five-star matches. Yeah, you know, it just seemed like it was just thrown together and... You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and especially if they're not going to do anything with Sami Zayn, which we saw tonight. You know, he's not even there on Raw. So, you know, it's probably a few that's going to continue for a while. Um, you know, so we'll just kind of end it there. There's not much else to say about that one. Uh, Charlotte's Bailey and Sasha was the next one for the Women's Championship. Um, what, were your, what were your thoughts on that? That was okay. Yeah. You know, um... I was a bit disappointed. It seems right now that like they clearly don't think that Bailey's on the level of Charlotte and Sasha, and and I I don't like that they're kind of pinning her that way because if you look at her history in NXT and some of the matches she had with Sasha Banks there at last last year's SummerSlam, she's clearly on their level. And if you give her the right push, then she's clearly a fan favorite. And like, I just don't feel like they're doing a good job of in-ring or out-of-ring or in-prom or whatever. They're not doing a good job of doing her justice. Yeah, it seems to me like she's the only one that's actually, like, starting over. You know, like, all the other NXT people, when they came up, they just kind of, like, started where they were and in stride and just kept going. It seems like they're taking a step back with Bailey, probably because they want her to connect with the audience that doesn't know who she is. So it's almost like her character has, you know, went backwards and she's kind of starting from the point where she was like that shy character on NXT. Um, but she still kind of comes out and, you know, uh, you know, connects with the audience and, and all that kind of stuff. So it just seems like her promos and stuff remind me a lot of stuff she did years ago in NXT, you know, um, instead of kind of picking up where she left off. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just, uh, like you said, I mean, they're just not doing her justice in any way, shape, or form. So, and it's, it's sad, but, you know, uh, I guess they're going to roll with Charlotte for a while, um, you know, but. Um, Which is yeah, fine yeah, with yeah. me, in all honesty. Like, I am loving Charlotte more and more each week. Like, she is getting into that character, and she's getting better at it each yeah. week. Her promos are getting better, and, like, I love how much I'm starting to hate her. Yeah, she's definitely, you know, I, I've always liked her. Um, but her promo work it always kind of, you know, was one of those things that made you want to put your TV on mute. So, you know, I think with, with that and with, uh, you know, gaining more confidence talking and stuff like that, um, she's going to be good for a really long time, you know, and she hasn't been wrestling very long. So, you know, I, I just, um, you know, I hope that they continue, um, you know, pushing all three of those women because, you know, Eventually, you know, they're going to have the Survivor Series match and the WrestleMania moments and all that kind of stuff. And I think they deserve it. You know, they're, uh, each match that they put on usually steals the show. I thought this one was, you know, was decent, but nothing spectacular. So, you know, um, I definitely think they should give them another go. You know, maybe a triple threat or, um, you know, as soon as, you know, they get confidence in Bailey, have a Bailey and, and Charlotte uh, match again for the title or something, you know. Uh, but... I think those three are going to be intermixed in the in the title picture for years to come. So, um, the only championship that changed, of course, um, your favorite Roman Reigns defeats Rusev uh, for the United States Championship. You know, on a, on a card that every single title 
is defended, did you think going into it that Roman Reigns was going to be the only one that, that won? Um, yeah, that's kind of actually what I expected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else should we expect, right? I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not expecting Kevin Owens to drop his belt anytime soon, especially since Triple H isn't involved. Right. You know, um, New Day is money makers, so they're not going to drop the belts anytime soon. Especially since like they don't have a viable contender. I mean, until the night mm-hmm. to push New Day. Um, uh, since you know who knows what's happening with uh, Enzo and Cass. Like until they have a viable contender, they're just going to keep this feud going. Uh, and I would TJ Perkins is not going to drop his title, no. so you know. It's I was what I expected, you know. Um, you know, I was looking at uh the list of people who could challenge Roman Reigns next and like I'm not really finding any that are like worthy of no. it. Uh and I was thinking, man, it's a great time to call up uh Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah that would be that would be awesome. You know, I I mean, do you think they do something with Sami Zayn there? Like I mean just give him something to do. Uh, I mean, like, I can't, cause you know, you know, them, they're trying to build up Roman as this baby yeah. face. Like you can't do the ultimate baby face versus a guy they want to be the ultimate baby right. face. Uh, the only guy, I think Samoa Joe is a guy who actually understands heat and understands like what it means to like get some, somebody to hate you. I mean, he did it so well against Balor. He did it. He's doing it so well against Nakamura. Like I just, and it's just time for him to come up. I think I've heard that SmackDown's eventually gonna have a long feud between Orton and AJ Styles. And so, like, it would just seem to make sense. Like, unless they're gonna, Miz is gonna drop the title soon, which it doesn't, because he's on fire. And why should he drop it? Like, it would just seem to be a natural fit that that Joe would go to Raw and compete with Roman. Yeah, the biggest thing there is like, you know, if they let him do what he can do, it would be awesome. But if they give him a script and say, do this, it's going to suck. Because, you know, I mean, Roman Reigns is just going to destroy him pretty much if, if that's if that's how it goes. So, you know, um, you know, my hopes are that if Raw doesn't change, that all the people that need the storylines end up going to SmackDown in some way, shape or form like a, you know, a trade or something like that. The only downside is whoever goes to raw is going to like their character is going to die. You know, like let's say Miz goes over to raw. Can you see him being able to do what he's doing right now in SmackDown over on raw? Like I personally can't, you know? So it's one of those things like, you know, raw is going to have to change something because anybody that's on there is just like their career is just, all reliant on the match, you know, and that's it. So uh, going into the main event, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins took a nasty uh, bump, which we learned today, um, you know, broke or hurt his ribs or something. It looked really bad. Um, but what were your impressions of, of the championship match and uh, and the ending? I was disappointed considering what Rollins and KO can do. I don't know if it's because like they don't have chemistry together or they haven't had a lot of matches together. Do you know if they had overlapping time periods in Ring of Honor together? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, well, either way, like I was expecting more out of this. Um, and this, the ending was so awkward with Jericho. Yeah. And to me, it was almost like 
um, you know, if Rollins was really hurt or hurting or whatever, like for them not to mention it on Raw, which doesn't surprise me, like it just wasn't brought up, but do you think it was something where he was hurt and they needed to do something different? Like they, they sent Jericho out there just to, you know, add something because Rollins couldn't do what they were going to do or something? Or, or do you think that was planned? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it just seemed really strange, you know, like. Yeah, but you know what? Seth Rollins is tough. Yeah. Like, the fact that he was able to finish that powerbomb on Kane on, on, and finish the match on a, like, completely blown-out knee tells you how tough that guy yeah. is. And, um, you know, even if it's hard to breathe with broken ribs or even strained ribs, which I've had, um, a guy that tough can go out and finish that match. So, like, I think that was part of the ending because I really believe that they are trying to build this relationship between – Jericho and Owens to set up a future feud between Jericho and Owens. Right. And we're getting the uh, that 70s show, uh, you know, battle next week. So we, we can look forward to that, right? So, um, you know, overall, I thought Class of Champions was probably a C show for me. You know, really decent matches, but the, the endings were, were just really terrible. So what, what was your rating overall for it? C? Yeah. Just, just lackluster, man. Like... Which leads us into Raw. It's a good segue. Uh, Raw was was awful. You know, I, I changed the channels quite a bit, you know, to the Monday Night Football game. Just because, it like, nothing kept my attention, you know. Like, I would go back and forth and, you know, honestly, it was hard to change back to it. You know, like, you change, you change over um, and the same stuff's going on. It's just going into another match. There's nothing leading up to anything. Uh, you know, it, it just... I don't know how 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 did they get there? Like how how did Raw get so bad? Um. Well, you know they've taken away some of the best parts in this. Um, they're hell bent on booking cast so strong that they're not they're no longer using Enzo. Mm-hmm. I mean Enzo's promos were some of the best parts of Raw when they came up. Uh, Triple H hasn't been there, so you know he's one of the best mouthpieces. He can be a heel or a villain. Or he could be a heel or a face, and regardless of which one, he's gonna get over. Um, you know, and then there's guys who should be out there who fans love, like Sami Zayn and Neville, and they're just not being used. Yeah. You know, so it's just one of those things where you take away really good things like Enzo Amore, you take away things like Sami Zayn and Neville. I mean, you know, we're we're talking about um, you know, with Cesaro and and Sheamus now gonna, who are going to be the tag team champions. Right. Uh, like, that pushes, once again, Enzo and Cass down the pecking yep. order. And and that hurts, um, which means that, that I think that pushes uh, the separation between Enzo and Cass even mm-hmm. sooner. Uh, and, and what's Cass going to have? You know, Enzo, like, and I was thinking about this the other day, the best case for Enzo on his own is he's going to have a floundering role like the Miz where like he's going to take a while to learn how to wrestle singles matches. He'll probably be in a few uh, awkward tag teams and he'll probably have his own TV show yeah, or like one of those like segment shows, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just, it's, it's going to be rough and, and they're just not capitalizing on things that they have that are really good and fans love. And they're using things like jobber matches, uh, to just fill time, which no one really 
you know, buys into. And, you know, as a viewer, like watching it on TV, when the crowd is like sucked out of it, like it affects your mood watching it too. You know, like if something cool happens or, you know, the end of a match happens and the crowd is just like silent, you know, like it doesn't seem as important or it doesn't seem like you should care, you know, like sitting at home. So they've taken the fans out of it. They've taken the enjoyment out of it. Uh, for me, it's just so long. It, it, you know, it takes up your entire night basically to sit down and watch it. And, you know, I think that the, their downfall, um, of where they are now started years ago, you know, like they, they focused more on just the match, no storylines, um, or, you know, the storylines are heavily involved with Stephanie, you know, and, uh, and the authority kind of figures. And there's no, like, you know, every character doesn't have a, a character. They, they don't have a story that goes along with them. Each feud doesn't have, you know, any importance. It's just, hey, you're going to go out there and you're going to face, you know, so-and-so tonight. Okay. But. You know what, though? The good news is, is that I don't think that this kind of Triple H waiting around can happen for that much longer. There's already getting big feuds between there's going to Mick Foley is eventually going to reach a boiling point in which he's going to snap at Stephanie. You know that he's going to side with Seth Rollins and there, and this is going to lead, I'm, I'm guessing in survivor series and some hellacious feud that'll eventually culminate into triple H versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Yeah. Can you see like in a survivor series type match? Can you see if let's say that Mick Foley reaches boiling boiling point and quits or, you know, um, gets to that point where he's just done. Can you see him having to create a team and like actually wrestle in a team kind of atmosphere? Like where he has like one final match and that's like Mick Foley's team against triple H's team or something. Yeah. I, I mean, possibly, I mean, you know, if they're willing to let sting out there, well, he had this little WrestleMania gig with stone cold and HBK. So, I mean, he's, He's capable, I think, now of getting in there and doing a little bit of something, you know. Yeah, I mean, the thing with him, too, is that he has dropped a ton of weight, you know, and um, he's far less of a liability than he once was because of that. And, I mean, as we all know, the dude is tough as Mm -hmm. nails. And so I don't worry about that. Like, I, you know, like, I think he's getting to the point where he could physically do it. Now, I don't know if, if he really wants to. Right. But but I think like a Survivor Series match is like a good way to one continue continue the reconciliation between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, uh, so that eventual Shield reunion happens, and then two it's a good way to have Jericho and KO um, churn on each other, and then set up. Uh, and I'm guessing that Chris Jericho is going to end up as the face on the end of that. Yeah. Uh, and like just having that is like a good way to carry over until something like Royal Rumble, so we know who's gonna headline mes- WrestleMania. Yeah. It's just a long road to get there, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's what two yeah. two months. Two. I mean, like I mean, so you have one more crappy pay per view next month, but then we get to Survivor right. Series. Do you think they're ever going to get to a point where they scrap this um, split pay per view thing and they just have like one? combined pay-per-view if the ratings don't get any better uh no because people are still paying to go to those events just i mean i want them to combine them (laughs) it's like uh you know two and it just you know with raw being so bad 
um, you know, it's good that SmackDown is good, you know, and, uh, but it's, it's one of those things too, where now we have two pay-per-views a month. We've got Raw is three hour, three boring hours every week. It just is overwhelming, you know, as far as like how much you have to watch if, if you want to stay up with everything. So, you know, um, and, and you know, I don't know how Raw turns it around, um, because really the brain split was kind of their restart, you know, and I think SmackDown's off and running. And they're going to be, you know, ahead in the ratings shortly. You know, I don't, I don't think there's any question that they're a better show right now. And uh, I think the ratings are going to reflect that, especially with the efforts that Raw is putting in. And, it, you know, I don't know. Do you think um, they let other things on TV kind of, um, you know, change what they write? Or like how, like how good their shows are based on other things that are on TV? I mean, there's they're going to do things... Um, short-term things that'll get bumps because they're gonna they're gonna advertise, wow, 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 bump, bump, ba dum, bump, bump. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Brock Lesnar's gonna make a visit, and uh, that'll get a temporary spike for a week. Yep. Uh, or that'll be like um, Triple H's calling card for Survivor Series. He'd be like, you know, which then, you know, like he might or like trip like Mick Foley might use Brock, and then, you know. Triple H might call up Nakamura. Yeah, I, You know, my biggest thing is like, they give you no reason to not change the channel. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so if you're a football fan and you know that Monday night football is on the other channel, or if you wanted to watch the debate tonight, for example, you've got two other things that are, you know, higher priority than what Monday night raw was. Is there any point in time on Monday night raw that you didn't feel like you couldn't change the channel because you had, you had uh, to see what was going to happen. Come on, man. The the uh, the presidential debate's not interesting. It's a heel versus <laughs> a heel. True. But you know, you got two heels in there, and neither of them. It's like watching like Sheamus when he was came up with his mohawk, <laughs> uh, versus uh, <laughs> like Braun Strowman. Yeah. yeah, but you know, there's there's a lot of people that are interested in it just because of the circus that it is and all that kind of thing. But you know, there's other things that are important. Um, you know, on TV or or you know. Even like Monday Night Football, like I don't really care about the Saints and Falcons, but still, I turned the channel to watch it because it was something that was entertaining. You know, um, not a big Matt Ryan no. fan. So, you know, the big thing is they don't give you any reason to stay with them. You know, and and that's that's killing them. Like you know, and they don't capitalize on this Triple H thing. Like it had people wanting to watch the next week and he's not even there, you know, and when he is there, like tonight we got that little glimpse of him, you know, getting out of a limo and getting Stephanie in, into the car after clash of champions. Where was he? Like if he was there, why didn't he come out? Like, why isn't he on raw? It's just, they're dragging the story out. Um, with really like people are just going to forget about it, you know, like by the time he comes back out, um, I think that they're going to lose that excitement from a lot of people, you know, like if, if you have something this week and you don't mention it or, or do anything with it for another six weeks, how many people have just stopped watching because they, you know, like they're just not interested in it anymore. So I don't know. Um, it's hard to watch, man. It, it really is. Um, and <laughs> And uh, I don't know, like, where the turning point is for Monday Night Raw. Yeah, you know, I mean, when they're hitting consistent mid to low twos, they're going to change things up, you know? I mean, uh, 
eventually maybe you just have to take a guy like Sami Zayn and just run with him and try to make him into that Daniel Bryan character. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, Daniel Bryan was like the high point and a very low point of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, he, like, he is one of the very few guys who could pull off that role. Yeah, so... I mean, but you got to put him on TV yeah, first. Yeah, you got to do something with him. You got to make us care about him. Like right now, when Sami Zayn comes out, it's cool to see him, but he like he has no importance because they're not making him important. So, you know, um, that's pretty much it, man. I, you know, I don't really have anything else to say because hey, they're not. I got, I got, I got, I got one thing that I just read online that I want to sure, touch yeah. on. Um, so we all know that CM Punk made his UFC debut. Dana White said he no longer wants him in uh, to the UFC to fight his next fight because he cares about CM Punk and he wants to go and have him face lower competition. Sure. Um, someone is about to sign with Bellator, and it is the perfect fight. And that's your favorite wrestler of all time, Ryback. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good matchup. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think... I mean, has Ryback had any fighting experience before? I don't think so. I think he's going to go down the same like path of CM Punk where he's going to start training. Okay. So I know Batista had his first fight not too long ago, didn't he? Yeah, but the difference between uh, Batista and, uh, and Ryback is that Batista was trained under the Gracies for years yeah. before. You know, I mean, there's a reason he was coming out with Gracie trunks right. on. Uh Ryback's gonna because they're talking about like eventually they want to put him up against Bobby Lashley, oh, who is yeah. like, like Bobby Lashley's gonna murder <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, like Bobby Lashley's a legit wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, um, I mean, if that's what Ryback wants to do, but uh, it seems like he's even when he was in WWE, he started that whole thing where he was like mocking CM Punk and stuff. Like, do you think that CM Punk's decision to go into MMA had any bearing on on? Ryback's decision to do it like just just out of like a weird like a jealousy or like wanting to fight him or like I don't know it just seems kind of you know a little ironic that he would want to do that um I I mean maybe he's looking at like man CM Punk just made half a million dollars doing this like I'm not one-tenth that draw but you know if I can pull off 80 grand I mean, like eighty grand to a indie wrestler is a pretty substantial amount sure, of money. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be interesting to follow and just see where it goes. Uh, you know, and and that would be a cool fight to see. But you know, if I were CM Punk, I'd probably stay away from him. You know, like oh, that that fight no. will never happen. Ryback's gonna be one of those guys like Brock Lesnar. He's gonna have to cut down to make that two sixty five limit. Yeah. CM Punk is a legit welterweight, which is a one hundred seventy pounder. Um, you know, CM Punk should go to a place like Bellator and and then like go, go on free television and make his half a million dollars. I mean, putting him with a guy like Chael Sonnen is just going to get amazing ratings. Uh, isn't it sad that I'm more excited talking about <laughs> Ryback joining Bellator right now than I'm talking about uh, WWE? Yeah, it's, it's bad, man. Uh, you know the and and that's their fault. You know, like you and I are are longtime wrestling fans. We care. That's why we continue to watch it. And they're they're making us not care. You know, like they're they're doing a really good job at pushing fans away. And that's like a terrible business model <laughs> to like take your, you know, the people that are gonna be there no matter what, and you're making it to where we don't want to watch it anymore. You know, that's that's kind of the point I'm at. So, um, 
but all we can do is, you know, keep the faith, hope that they change stuff, you know, and, and we've got SmackDown to watch. That's kind of like the fan show, you know, so. Uh, yep. And, uh, and, and if the reasons not to do the podcast, we will be introducing a new co-host. Yeah. Soon. yeah it's going to be cool guys. we got a lot of, uh, cool ideas, uh, coming up. So, you know, we're going to try and do some original content that I hope you guys enjoy. Um, try and shake things up a little bit because, you know, coming on here and talking about Monday night raw is, is all well and good and stuff, but when they just don't give us material, we got to do something else, you know, like, um, it's something that we enjoy doing. We love wrestling. We want to talk about it, but we also want it to be enjoyable. So, you know, uh, we'll continue doing the Raw reviews and SmackDown reviews and the pay-per-view stuff. But at the same time, you know, uh, reviewing stuff that doesn't really excite us is kind of wearing on us, you know, to be honest with you. And I'm sure it's it's that same, same way with all of you, you know, just watching it and just not getting anything or any enjoyment out of it. So um, we're going to be doing a lot of a lot of cool stuff. So. Um, you know, I thank you guys so much for your support. Um, we love chatting with you guys on Twitter and, and we thank you for your support on YouTube. Uh, you can find us at the underscore jobbers on Twitter, the jobbers on YouTube and, uh, you know, please give us ratings and, and tell us, you know, how we can get better and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we love chatting with you guys. So thank you guys so much again. And we'll talk to you next time. Yep. Guys, we're since WWE can't entertain you, I'm going to, we're, we're going to do it for yeah, you. We'll do our best. So. Thanks, yep. guys. You guys have a good night.